Law Matters Live show was created to give law enforcement a voice rather than a soundbite. And in doing so, we have also given you a voice with federal, state, and local law enforcement agencies, the legal community, government officials, and our military. Join us every Saturday morning at 8 a.m. You will hear truthful, up-to-date information that's valuable to you and your family. Please show your support by going to lawmatters1030.org and join our 1030 Challenge. Your contributions do make a difference. Now, let's start the show. Good morning, everybody. Thank you for joining us. Before we introduce our in-studio guests, we have Sherry Oz, who is the DEA special agent in charge with a special announcement. Sherry, good morning. How are you? Good morning, Sherry. Thanks for having me on. Um, I want to take just a quick moment to humble brag about the great work that the men and women of DEA are doing alongside our partners, the great men and women of the, of the uh, Scottsdale Police Department, and also in partnership with our Arizona Attorney General's office. That, that I saw that. I saw that announcement, and I was just like, oh, my God, everybody needs to know this. Yes. On, uh, on December 14th, they had a, an amazing, it was a culmination of a lot of hard work, but an amazing payoff where we seized 1.7 million fentanyl pills in one day. Wow. Now think about all the lives you just saved. Right. And that and that's the big message that I want to drive home. The one pill can kill, you know, talking about that and, and starting the conversation, how deadly and dangerous these little tiny pills are. 42% lethality rate. So if you translate that, we saved on Tuesday over 700,000 lives potentially 700,000 people would have overdosed and perhaps died from the pills just on the table during that press conference. That's amazing. Tell us how it happened. What happened? What was the what was the story? So they worked really hard. This is it, it's no no secret that um that my guys and the the police departments out there have never stopped and every day they give 100% for us to make sure that we we are safe and protected. And um on Tuesday they followed up on information and they were able to spin it um and, and do uh, did an exceptional job do what we do where we just don't stop. Uh we hit stone walls and we just climb them or or plow right through them. And that's what those guys did. They um, they followed up on all their leads and, and brought it home. They were able to. And if you saw that, how they were stored, that's where I store my Christmas decorations in those boxes. Oh, wow. If, if you think about how small this deadly poison is and how easily concealable and how devastating. It's, that's just remarkable that you guys were able to do that. And people don't understand just one pill can kill you. That's all it takes. Exactly. Exactly. You are, are playing with death every time you touch one of those. I won't even, I don't, I don't even like being in the same room with them. So what's the message to people? If you know somebody who's on drugs or has a problem with um, drugs, this is a good time to, you know, seek rehab, seek help. Get them off Absolutely. the drugs because they're more dangerous now than they were 10 years ago. Absolutely. This is the chief had said it best where this is not a recreation issue and it's not an addiction issue. We're so past addiction. We're really just talking about one pill, one time. And I can tell you so many heartbreaking stories about parents that parents have relayed to me about losing children who tried one pill one time. So the, the message really to get out there is if you if you have a problem, get help. 
prevention and education I know is the key. The more that people, the more that we can share this message with people, the safer that we are going to be. And then treatment is a big, is a big part of it. If you are, if you're currently in the, the clutches of a, a dangerous and deadly drug, get treatment, get help and get yourself um, in a good place so that you're able to say no. And those resources are actually on our website. If you go to agencies underneath DEA, you scroll down, there's a whole list of resources. If you've got an issue, you know somebody who has an issue, there's help out there. You just have to reach out and be willing to accept their help. And kids, you know, roommates, college kids, don't ever take a pill. Don't, you know, I've got a headache and your roommate says, here's a pill. Don't take any medication from anybody for any reason. The only medication that is safe to take is one that is legitimately prescribed by your doctor and that you went to a pharmacy and purchased. Right. And it has to be your purchase, your bottled. Don't, you know, lock the stuff up. Don't don't take things from people, even if you think they're your friend. Don't do it. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. You're absolutely right, spot on. And then when it comes to the, the source for this stuff, DEA and our, our partners, we are working very hard at, at um, bringing those sources to justice to ensure that the people who bring illicit drugs into this country are held accountable. Amen. That's awesome. I, I thank you for all the work that you do and thank all your people for your service because it's not an easy job and you're out there every yes. day. Yes, ma'am. Oh. Thank you. <laughs> Thank, thanks, Sherry. You have a nice week and have a Merry Christmas if we don't talk. You, you too, Sherry. Thank you. Okay. I want to make another announcement because I'm not going to be here before this, this happens. So the 5th of January at Roadhouse Theater on Grant Road, they're going to do a special presentation of the movie Wake Up. Be there at 530. There'll be a screening screening of the movie and there'll be a Q&A panel discussing the movie afterwards and the movie's about vulnerable youth and combating human trafficking these are things everybody needs to know about you think oh this will never happen to my family or my kids or their friends it happens so get your tickets obviously it's a limited amount of seating so get your tickets and learn something this is huge and you need to know that it's going on and you need to be able to recognize that it's happening. I mean, some people could be looking at something, not even realize what they're saying. So we want to check that movie out and I'm going to try to be there too. I think it's uh, something that's really worth our attention. Now in the studio we have, and I'm, I, I'm afraid I might mispronounce your name. Simba? Jimba. Jimba. Oh, I totally yes. screwed that up. <laughs> Nobody gets it right, Sherry, so don't worry about that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we have Ronnie Jimba, <laughs> who's a photographer uh, in the studio, and we have Rick Tracy. Who Good morning. In, who introduced us. And you have a fascinating job. I absolutely do. I love my job. <laughs> she she is an extreme photographer. Exactly. And tell us a little bit, how did you get into this? This is so off the wall. It really is off the wall. And it's, it's kind of a lengthy story in terms of the path of it. But um, a few years ago, well, 
10 years ago now, this is my 10th anniversary doing public safety and surgery, I was asked by a friend and client of mine, Christina Gear, if I would do some an art show for Heroes Day, which is held here in Tucson in southern Arizona every year, and we, uh, I'm on the committee, and we honor um, law enforcement who have, uh, and fire, who have uh, done some life-saving kind of incidents. Um, and so she asked me to do this art show for Heroes Day, did it, um, and uh, one thing led to another. So I, she gave me the opportunity to go into a few public safety departments. Um, so I went into fire and police, and um, I also went into the OR with uh, Dr. Peter Ree, um, who was quite instrumental in the trauma department here. And one thing led to another, and I ended up doing shows and installations and exhibits, and it just exploded from there. Um, and so now it's, it's 10 years of specializing in public safety and surgical phot photography. When is Heroes Day? Heroes Day is usually in October. The um, It changes uh, every year, and we didn't have it during COVID, obviously. And so uh, it, it, um, is, it's a much different, right now we're doing a more virtual campaign about it than a, than a live campaign. But um, for many years it started and uh, we um, uh, do, we just, we do a press conference um, at Log Cantata and um, we have a lot of law enforcement there and we honor the people who have uh, saved lives. Okay, you said you photographed surgery. Mm -hmm. Did it make you sick? I mean, Not, <laughs> no. In fact, I, in I fact, would be I was, a little queasy. <laughs> in fact, I was like, "Hey, Doctor Reed, can you move over a little bit? I can't quite get the shot I need." And he was like, "Yeah." So, <laughs> no. In fact, when I've done uh, open heart surgeries, and that, I've seen every organ everywhere, but doing open heart surgeries to get the shot you know, of the actual heart. Um, it, it takes a special kind of placement. And um, so I have to get in there and sometimes the doctors have to kind of move slightly. And they, and they do because it's not interrupting their flow of the surgery um, or otherwise they do wouldn't do it. Do you have to get permission from the patient? No, uh, most of my work is done uh, at Banner. Uh, and it's a teaching hospital. And anytime you've got a teaching hospital, uh, when you are admitted to the hospital, you're automatically signing over because you may be having fellows in there or residents in there who are learning. You may have people who are taking pictures for learning. It may be a special surgery, that kind of thing. So when you sign in, you're already giving. Now, we don't show the patient's face. We don't show any identifying markers. If just all their organs. Uh, just all their insides nothing nothing on the, the outside, outside. <laughs> and if there's tattoos then I um, that's the only thing I will do is remove a tattoo that might be identifying to who the patient might be you mean and you that's photoshop it photoshop it out oh. yeah because <laughs> that sounds normally, painful <laughs> <laughs> normally my agreement with um, both law enforcement and surgery is that I don't photoshop anything that's essential um, I don't change anything in the picture that's essential to the picture um, it's it's the only only time I will Photoshop something is, is when it's a identifying, identifying marker. marker. Yeah. 
So how did you convince a doctor to let you in to do this? Well, uh, they convinced the committee, the, the head of the Committee for Heroes Day, because the money was going to the trauma center. So we wanted to promote that. So that's how I got into surgery. And then another surgeon saw my surgery pictures and wanted me to do some of his surgery. And then the chief of surgery had me do a big gallery for the um, the hallways at the hospital. Mm-hmm. And it just, it kind of... So they have a there. gallery of organs? They a, a, a gallery of surgeons oh. and the really graphic <laughs> stuff isn't on the wall I was but I, say, my, run. <laughs> my photography is sort of so dramatic and unique um, that it shows the surgeon in their work environments um, or in their clinical environments doing what they do but mostly surgery. Yeah. I would take all those organ shots and hang them right outside the cafeteria. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's not it's bon not appetit. good free lunchtime visuals <laughs> for sure. Okay. So when you're in there, do you have to wear scrubs and do all that like they do? I do scrubs. I don't have to scrub in in terms of I don't have to be completely germ-free because I don't go within the surgical field. So I stay without, but sometimes I will have a ladder right next to the table and right next to the surgical field, but I'll be above it photographing from above it. So I'm close enough. And of course, with the lenses that I use that I can, I can get all the details of it without getting into the surgical field right now, right now, my medical business, medical business used to be half of my photography and uh, public safety used to be the other half. Uh, Since COVID, obviously, there's many more restrictions and fewer resources and that kind of thing. So we're kind of on hold with a lot of that medical work right now. And so I'm focusing on uh, primarily public safety. Are you ever in that room above where the the viewing gallery, I guess they the call it? The theater. We don't, they don't really theater? have, they don't have many theaters here anymore. Usually the teaching or viewing, if they're students and that kind of thing, they're, um, it, but they do have the occasional one if they're strictly doing it for students, they'll have students in there. But for the most part, they don't really have theaters anymore. Do they ever tell the patient we're going to use your your surgery as a teaching tool? Not not generally, um, because they're so unrecognizable, and um, sometimes they do, but typically typically not. They're out. They've signed the consent. There's no identifying markers. So unless somebody could recognize somebody's, you know, colon or liver. <laughs> oh, uh, I know on, that colon. On, on site. But uh, yeah, so they've, they've already given their permission to do that. I didn't know that. And yeah. I've been a patient there. Yeah, te- teaching yeah. hospitals, um, generally, that's the, the standard. So if you go to other hospitals that are not... Um, teaching hospitals uh, that's not usually very kosher so did you go to college and learn how to be a photographer is that I did not I'm self-taught I've never taken a single class really Mm -hmm. yeah this is my third career and 
What uh, were your other two this careers? Is where I, I was in fashion and cosmetics when I was in my teens and early 20s. And then I was uh, a public speaker uh, around the world, um, speaking on personal development and that kind of thing. And Tony Robbins and I, he was on my platform once and I was on his. And so that's the kind of stuff that I used to do is how to have a better life and how to, you know, it was the 80s. We were was, all, we were all exactly. into self-development in the 80s. So it was the 80s. And then I became a photographer in the 90s. And the specialty I have now is, has only been since 2011. So it's it's pretty exciting, though. I've seen some of your your photography, and it's it's pretty remarkable. Good for you. Thank you. Especially it's, being self taught, you haven't taken any classes on how to do this. No, and it uh, and my and I really have a unique style, which is which is why people are sort of drawn to it. Um, that I sort of developed. I didn't learn it anywhere. I just sort of developed myself, and it's been sort of my trademark sig- signature secret sauce. And I don't. I'm not telling you, Sherry. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. How did you convince law enforcement to allow you in? Because we, we try to, on the show, we try to tell people all the great things that law enforcement's doing. You're showing them. Yes. Yes. Well, my mandate from the beginning um, was always to only show law enforcement in a positive light. So when I first went in, um, and you have to understand for the for the first three years I did this, I did not get paid for almost any of it. I did it for free. I went into any department that would have me. I was building my reputation. I was building my portfolio. I was building my reservoir what reservoir of images, um, and it and I worked very very hard to follow the rules when I was with any particular group. But I told every department in Southern Arizona, if if you are going to do something cool, call me, I'll come do it for free so that I could start to show my work and get known. With law enforcement, it took me a really long time to build that trust. Um, I I remember the first time I went into a, a SWAT training and all the guys were and and there wasn't a woman in that crowd then but later there was and all the guys were looking like, what's at she and, doing here? what in the world with yeah. these big cameras and uh, the undercover guys of course were like what in the world hiding yeah. their faces and I assured everybody please at the beginning of the session let me know who are undercover guys and if they're in masks and helmets and that kind of thing, I won't worry about it. But if they're, you know, standing in between um, uh, evolutions, then I definitely wouldn't take their pictures or show their faces or anything. So it took a long time for people to know that I wasn't going to expose them for any, you know, slight, like if we did a breach, an explosive breach and it went badly, in training, I would never show that. I would never show them in a less than heroic and positive light. Because that's the lifestyle they live. That's they, right. They are heroes. That's right. And I want them to be seen that way. Rich, what's your experience with Ronnie? You introduced me to her, <laughs> so I want to hear this story. So back in the, I mean, I had... I had known Ronnie in passing in that in those early days when she was you know building her portfolio and she got involved with the marshal's office and the fugitive task force in taking action photos and doing her thing with them. 
So I, I knew she was there and knew she was doing it. I didn't think too much about it because I was doing the judicial security, so I didn't really think about it too much. And then April of 2014, we were uh, dedicating the the John M. Roll Courthouse in Yuma, the brand you know brand new building they built in honor of Judge Roll. So the Marshal Service put together an elaborate security plan to um, provide for the public that was coming, and we had senators and congressmen and you know other other anybody I know. Yeah, all the both of the governor, <laughs> both of the. Uh, uh, Senator McCain and Senator Flake at the time and uh, Congressman Ron Barber, a few other people at the time in 2014. Right. Gabrielle Giffords. Gabrielle, yeah, Gabrielle yeah. Giffords was there with uh, with her husband, Mark Kelly. And um, so anyway, so we put together this elaborate security envelope for this thing. We basically had, you know, a good chunk of downtown Yuma blocked off, right? So... I, I and I knew this was part of it and and so and I, I won't go into too much detail <laughs> but Ronnie is riding to Yuma with the most secure package we had coming from Tucson <laughs> right and I'm thinking a photographer I'm oh my god I mean all the good Worst things nightmare that, right, right. <laughs> all the things I'd heard about I mean I knew I knew how discreet Ronnie was I knew how good it was but this was like this was like trust within the trust because it was, you know, it, quite frankly, the only thing you could have done more would be like if the witness security program let Ronnie <laughs> right. in to take pictures. You know, that yeah, was like exactly. the next step. <laughs> and I don't foresee that happening anytime in the near future. <laughs> I, I think that's, you know. That I'm not pro- asking for right, that. Right, right, exactly. <laughs> but so this was as close to that as I think you could get given what we do. And uh, and I I just I was shaking my head though I'm like oh gosh I'm gonna hear about it this is not gonna go well and then it turned out to be absolutely perfect <laughs> absolutely perfect I mean okay. you know so when Ronnie says she knows she knows the importance of it and what the discretion of it is and and quite frankly some of those protectees had a blast as well right so it it was really interesting because you know my guidelines on that trip were. You cannot photograph any of the pre- protectees. So, you know, that's a big part of the trip, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. But my job is always to photograph the people who are doing their job. So even when I'm on scene in situations, I will make sure and tell somebody that, you know, I'm not photographing you as the perpetrator or whoever, although sometimes they are in the shots, but I'm photographing the people doing their job. So I was there showing the marshal service protecting the detail, not the detail. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah, that makes uh, sense, it was. It, it wound up being a, being a lot of fun, and there's a picture that <laughs> that uh, Ronnie took, and, and she probably say she caught me. I I'd like to say I caught her. I don't I don't know which is which. We'll just we'll just call it a draw, right? Okay. But uh, uh, we were. I, I there was me and a couple of other deputy marshals. I was the supervisor for the detail, so the the whole thing was kind of under my and my the chief and the marshals purview and control but i was kind of the number one person on the ground running around so we're standing at the where the main door is to where the stage was for the in the in the little i don't want to call it a convention center but in the community center there that's just down the hill from the courthouse and we're standing there we're just kind of things hadn't started yet and i and ronnie's kind of walking around she's taking pictures and i kind of caught her out of the corner of my eye so 
at the I caught like right as I thought she was pointing the camera at us I kind of <laughs> did this ham ham it up thing right you know and uh, she she caught the moment I, I, I too perfectly actually um, <laughs> so so that's been uh, that, that's she sent me the picture and I've had it and I I there's a couple of other deputies in it so I I, I have shown the picture but I crop out the, the two other deputies that she caught the picture that because I don't want to I don't want to um, spoil their cover right right but but I you know I I spent many years as our public information officer so my me being on TV was not you know it wasn't a thing or being in the public so I didn't care so hamming it up for catching Ronnie and hamming it up was something that uh, <laughs> we've laughed about ever since 2014 I, I think it's on a few walls hanging up yeah. with mustache oh, God, yeah yeah I'm you know, sure like, or mustache chicken <laughs> yeah, off or yeah exactly. <laughs> Okay, we are going to take a quick break and we'll be back in a few. With more people shopping online and avoiding the stores, FBI Phoenix wants to educate and warn the public about online shopping scams. A couple prevalent scams to keep in mind are non-payment, non-delivery scams, when you pay for something but never receive it, gift card scams, a spoofed email could convince you to purchase gift cards for someone else to use, only get gift cards from reputable companies and give them as a gift, not for personal or business reasons, and social media scams. Beware of holiday promotions or content contests. Do your due diligence when looking at an ad on social media. Ultimately, if a deal seems too good to be true, it probably is. The FBI suggests checking your credit card statements often, even after the holidays. Never give personal information. Check the reviews. You can learn a lot about a company by what others are saying. And lastly, if your gut is still weary, contact the company directly. If you believe you've been the victim of an online scam, report it to the FBI's Internet Crime Complaint Center at IC3. Saving lives means staying informed. Knowing the dangers of using counterfeit prescription pills can help those you care about and keep our community safe. As a parent, educator, neighbor, or friend, we all play a role in building safe and healthy futures for ourselves and our loved ones. Do your part. Take the first step today. Visit GetSmartAboutDrugs.com to access education, prevention, and treatment resources. Counterfeit prescription pills laced with fentanyl are deadly. Be their protector. Be informed. Visit GetSmartAboutDrugs.com. Law Matters' next two shows are pre-recorded parts one and two of the Dick Tracy story. Our next live show is January 8th with IRS Special Agent Brian Watson. Please support the Law Matters 1030 Challenge found on our website, lawmatters1030.org. Your generosity truly makes a difference. All of us at Law Matters wish you and your family a Merry Christmas and a safe and happy New Year's. Law Matters podcast can be found on iTunes, Google Play, and lawmatters1030.org. Thanks for staying with us. In the studio, we have Rich Tracy and Ronnie. I'm not even going to say your last name. Jimba. Jimba. There you go. <laughs> and I used to live in Illinois, and the family down the street was called Zimba. Right. A lot of Jimbas really do pronounce it differently to make it easier for the rest of people. And I said, to hell with that. Oh, okay. Jimba is my name, and that's why there's a little line through it. It's the it's a kind of umlaw through the Z. There's a little. I've never seen accent that. mark. Yeah, people people dumb it down for the rest of of the world. And for me, 
I don't. They dumb it no, down for I, me. I, I've been saying, as long as I've known her, I've been saying Ziemba. So there you go. <coughs> so yeah, uh, I learned something today. And too. I don't. I don't care. You don't care. I don't care. Yeah, she's never. Yeah. She's always been too polite to correct me. But I've literally been calling her Ziemba f- as long as I've known her. Yeah, and I will I never know. give up my name. I never have. Never will. Ziemba. It's like. Is it a married name? A, a nope. maiden name? Birth name. Because the people down the street had seven kids. I was like, wow, I wonder if she was one of them. So, <laughs> no. <laughs> just just Pretty sure I wasn't, but I'll check. So tell me, who all have you photographed? Oh, my goodness. So uh, to date, I have photographed over 45 departments, and most of those are southern Arizona and Arizona, but I have also done Hawaii Fire twice, Um Yonkers Police, um, um, what was I trying to think of, um, and, and, and so most of it is Arizona, oh, and FDNY, I have to say that, so the New York City Fire Department, uh, that was very brief because, because they got a, a huge, huge fire that they couldn't get me on, it was a church burning down, so we were starting to photograph, Wow. And then all hands on deck and they had to go. And I was actually in the underground when I found out how big it was. I probably could have photographed it from anywhere, but I didn't. So, But I have worked with them twice. Um, so a lot of departments around the country, a lot of uh, medical companies around the country, a, a, a few surgeons, that kind of thing. So um, in terms of public safety, 44 departments to date that I've worked with. And most of it, have you done Cochise County? Um, I have not done anything in Cochise County as, as a, that I know of. Okay, so yeah. in, in Arizona, who have you photographed? Any celebrities? Oh, sure. Um, Gabby Giffords a lot and Mark Kelly. Um, and I've done a lot with them, so we sort of know each other at this point. And we were recently at a funeral together, and uh, she walked up to me and and gave me a big hug and we hugged for a long time and and uh, she feels she feels all of it so deeply she's such a proponent of public safety and just such a great gift um you know i've photographed in my in my previous life as a photographer i've photographed all the celebrities like uh uh, george clooney and um uh, (laughs) dan Aykroyd, and i mean i've just photographed it john jim Jim Belushi, John Belushi. John Belushi. Yeah, the, the, the later one, the younger one, Jim Belushi. And uh, so, yeah, I, I did a lot of uh, photography for Planet Hollywood for years. And so all their celebrities that came in, Sha- Shaquille O'Neal or whoever. Um, Planet I, Hollywood, I, what, how did... How well, you- in my previous career, I was a an event portrait photographer um, with an edge. I always had a little edge to my stuff, but that's what I did for a long time as a photographer to make my living. And I loved being a photographer, but there was always sort of something missing, like the the meaning of it was always missing. And the minute I did that show for Heroes Day, I absolutely fell in love and said this is what I was meant to do so you know here I am in my 50s finally you know finding out what I wanted to do and um, now I'm 63 and still hitting the streets with the fugitive task force and that kind of thing okay I saw a photograph of you skydiving yes I didn't see a camera in your hand you're not allowed to 
You're not? No, not Why? allowed to. You can't take anything that might fall or because if it fell to the earth and hit somebody on the head, it could kill them. So, And uh, then you just say, that's not my camera. <laughs> I, know, I don't so know the ones that can't I wasn't, yeah, I wasn't allowed to, so, but I did pay for having, I, I said, I'm not going to do this without somebody taking my picture. So, exactly. Yeah, yeah. so that was, fun. yeah, I'm I'm definitely risk is, I have, uh, my my nephew once said to my mother, Grandma, I think, I think Auntie Ronnie is missing the fear gene. <laughs> missing <laughs> and the my fear mother gene. said, absolutely. <laughs> so, yeah, you've been in scenes where there's fire. Oh, yeah, I've been on on plenty so, of live fires, yeah. How do you how do you do that and stay out of the way? Well, um I pay attention to like usually there will be a battalion chief there and the battalion chief will kind of escort me and show me the areas where I'm safe, but they because of my reputation now, they will take me into and closer to areas than anybody else can. And I can, uh, for instance, I have TFD credentials. So Tucson Fire allows me to go um, where media might have to stay across the street. Um, I can go up to the scene to a certain place. Okay, what do you mean you have TFD credentials? So I am considered a photographer for Tucson Fire Department. Yeah, so I have credentials that allow me to respond and I'm also on the CAD system. So whenever there's a fire, I get a call at the same time that the station does that alerts me. And if I can make it there, and I make a judgment. In the early days, I used to run to every call there was. And then usually by the time I got there, they're just rolling hose and cleaning up. Um, (laughs) And so that wasn't very productive obviously and then on police things generally it's that i have to be called to a situation like if there's a swat call out and they know um then sometimes i can go along on the swat call um for instance i was uh photographing for glendale um police department and fire um up in glendale uh during the super bowl and i had the opportunity to photograph the glendale police department um, at the Super Bowl, so I was in the Super Bowl. So and was I. That was were you? Oh, I, was, that, I, I didn't the see Super you. Bowl. You didn't see me. <laughs> I, didn't see you. I was in the media tent. Oh, with all the dogs sniffing dogs. Yes. Yeah, I, w- I, I was roaming around the whole uh, stadium. I, I had complete access to the stadium except for the on-field, so I couldn't go on-field. But um, So that was quite exciting. But when I was uh, photographing for Glendale one day, we were doing uh, AOT training, which is you know gun training out on the range and getting their qualifications for the year. And in the middle of it, all of a sudden, I look around. I'm changing a battery or something. I look around, and there's like nobody like all the officers have left and i'm like what what the heck happened was and, it something and I one said? of the lieutenants was there and he said oh they got a swat call out so i called the chief the deputy chief of police and i said hey can i go and he said do you all do you have all your gear meaning my ballistic vest and glasses right. and all that stuff i said yes i i of course i always have my gear with me and so he said well We'll jump in with the lieutenant. So I did, and then I jumped into one of the SWAT, big SWAT tanks, vehicles, and um, and went on the SWAT call with them. So um, that that that's that that's the kind of exciting thing that that I get to do every so, day. So the SWAT call did um, 
what what was the call about? What happened? The call was about an um, armed robber in a neighborhood, and so they shut down the neighborhood, and then we went in in the armored vehicles, and then they had the canines go out, and the canines sniffed and immediately went to a shed, and they surrounded it and got him out of there and arrested him, and it was an hour all you done. Know, very clean deal. Gotta love our canines. Gotta love our canines. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <They're> amazing. <laughs> they are amazing. So that was a very successful day. So you can you're not allowed to, what made you go skydiving if you couldn't take a picture? Oh. <laughs> yeah, that's interesting. I hardly go anywhere without taking a picture. Um the risk, the fun of it. I just I just had to do it. I'd always wanted to do it as a, a thrill and and an experience. Would you do it again? Absolutely. I love skydiving. In a second, I love <laughs> it. And I love time, rappelling. I and oh, yeah. I rappel off a building every year with the Girl Scouts for Over the Edge, uh, over, which is yeah. a fundraiser. And I photograph it as well, but I, I usually get an opportunity to rappel down the building as well, and that's always fun. So, yeah, I just uh, have a, a high tolerance for adrenaline, I think. So you've traveled all over the country doing what you do. Yes. And what is the most exciting thing that you've done to date that you know when you think gee i i can't believe i did that i think the super bowl would have to be right up there that that was an opportunity um and were then, you allowed on the catwalk because i was on the catwalk oh i was not on the catwalk see oh, you need to do the catwalk see, i need to do the catwalk yeah, yeah. that would be good <laughs> um you know i think the most exciting things i do have to say um have been with the U.S. Marshal Service is um, watching how they operate, how they prepare. Um, I usually had, I have a great person um, that I would ride with a lot who was sort of my mentor in the Marshal Service. And she is just, I got to call her, she's a badass badass chick and so she did her homework so well and always uh she would she would call me and say hey what are you doing tuesday at 10 o'clock and i'd say i guess i'm going on a ride with with you guys and she'd say yeah and at 10 30 we'd have a guy arrested and at 11 30 we'd be at lunch i mean it was it was so well planned and orchestrated and with a ruse you know (laughs) there's there's just all kinds of uh behind the scenes and i've always got to be really careful about what i say because i have access sometimes to things that most people don't know and may compromise things so i always have to be really careful about what i say about what happens on an operation that I did but but I think arresting fugitives that are federal fugitives have have always been my most exciting thing you know people don't realize that the US marshal guys they oh. have the most dangerous job as far as I'm concerned oh. because they are going after bad guys known bad guys this isn't a what if this is yeah they're a bad guy yeah, this isn't They're a guy dangerous. who stole a six-pack of beer. This is a guy who, you know, probably... Homicide people, yeah. you know. Mm-hmm. You want to comment on that, Rich? No, I, I just want to say I, I, I'm almost positive I know without uh, who Ronnie's referring to, and I, and I saw her about a week and a half ago. 
So. Yes, she's 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 my really um, you know I'm again always careful about you know naming any names that it may not want to be named, but um, she was a great mentor to me and took me on, and um, we have a big joke between us, and she'll laugh when she hears this because uh, there was one time that they were arresting a guy and they brought him out, and I, I believe he was a sex offender, and they're getting ready, they're putting him in the car, and they're they're um, searching his pockets, of course, and they're uh, handcuffing him and uh, she's part of the operation she's just not my handler although she's my handler too I always have to have kind of a handler that makes sure I don't go too far because I will sometimes push the limits the a little bit um but yeah but uh, uh she uh so she stood she she was doing her job and she was standing but then she was standing between me and i was crouched down between me and the guy they were handcuffing and i reached out my leg and i kicked her <laughs> and she turned around and looked at me and i'm like you're in my way dude and, <laughs> so we always have this joke about it that um, that's the way I get her out of the way but she's she was just very instrumental in in my progress in in law enforcement so without without revealing an agency or any names right even right. if it was the marshal service right I mean I, I know in the course of my career how many bloopers occur you know I mean <laughs> you, you know what I mean so th- there's just things that sometimes it's just not your day and all those kind of things so kind of a Barney Miller yeah, moment what is yeah what is your biggest blooper that you can tell us without revealing any you know without uh, it being traced back to what agency it is okay so it was the desert, and it was uh, an ATV unit out in the desert, and uh, this particular officer um, was was just kind of hamming it up a little bit for me and doing some things, and um, he actually skidded and in the desert and he went flying in the air and I have a series of photographs of him <laughs> in the air and then landing on his feet on the ground <laughs> and the bike went into the desert a little bit and that was kind of one of those bloopers that would I have loved to have shown that series because photographically it's awesome it's really cool <laughs> but in terms of you know might get him in trouble it, it doesn't show them in the best light so those are some of those kind of things uh, occasionally I will have a a bad handcuffing where I'll look at it and say and then I'll do, I always double check if I have any question I will double check with the agency and say is this proper or improper and I I have had a couple of times say you know say yeah we agree that that, that looks like that could be you know an awkward place where the um, the person you're handcuffing might be able to get something or it looks like they might be able to. So I'm just really cautious about those kind of things. So those things definitely happen. I never show them. Yeah, there's there's a lot of um, media people out there that will only show That's right. the bad That's right. photograph and blow up a story about it. And That's they right. seem to do it a lot with law enforcement lately. When actually, if they show all the photos that were available, it's not what they say. Or it video is. of or the video. The whole, let's see the whole story. Oh, and exactly. not just a snapshot because exactly. it's not telling the whole story. Correct. Even though they say a picture is worth a thousand words. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I was going to yeah. say, talking about Ronnie's work, you know, picture is worth a thousand words. We could talk all day then, you know, because with the exception of the picture she snuck of, or we <laughs> snuck of each other in Yuma, right? Right. Her work is. St- 
is stunning. Uh, you know, I, I don't know how much of it is available for people to see on the, on totally her website, available. but you know, just mm-hmm. uh, I, I suggest everybody just go check it out and take a look at what she produces out of. And, and for those in the business, it's it's routine. It's what they do. You know, it's every what they day. do every day. And and her ability to there, there's one particular photo of her mentor that she took that just shows the intensity of the moment and you know it, it's it's just amazing how she can capture ronnie can capture the 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 to, inside you know, story. and again what is what is routine for the uh, and not routine because you have to be you have to do all your planning and those kind of things but it's what they do every day so there is a, a routine to it and the way she can capture that and let the you know and then the public can kind of see what you know it, it's it's they're it's just stunning if you and I think that's it. something, it's important for the public to see the inside portion of it. Right. Like we try to, every week we try to tell a story about what's going on with law enforcement and open those lines of communication. You photograph what's going on on yes. the inside that yes. people don't get to see. Yes. And it's important. It is. It is very important. And I, um, part of my mission early on was to, my dream was to help um bring the community and law enforcement together right and since doing. i've been working it's, it's only gotten worse so uh, it's all know, your fault then it is all my <laughs> fault uh that i obviously was doing something wrong but it it really just distresses me and i really want to show um you know if something's happening to you who do you call yeah. you know that's the yeah. thing it's 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 everybody needs it uh, they see these little snippets and they take it out of context and it's really distressing to me i i really do lose sleep over it yeah it's it's distressing to me too and that's yes. why we're doing this yes. show and we're hoping people will listen and understand there's a heck of a lot more to law enforcement than a speeding ticket oh my gosh you know there's just so much that they do to keep us safe when sherry was on earlier <laughs> look at all the lives they saved with that oh my gosh over that's a billion, just tremendous over a billion pills congratulations to the dea oh so what was your favorite photo shoot um don't say rich because he's already got an ego. yeah Oh, yeah. I, I could imagine that on any <laughs> in any way, shape, or form. Well, you know, F- FDNY really was uh, a, a big deal because that's the hardest access, uh, yeah. you know. Um, uh, it, well, I'm sorry. Uh, it, it, you know, doing the fire department in, in New York was the most exciting thing. Uh, very fun in Hawaii because what they did was they it was almost like a movie set they cordoned off one of the biggest beaches on the island and they brought in helicopters and they dropped you know people on baskets and they had their wave runners out there so they were doing this whole thing for me to photograph and it looked like a great big movie set and that was pretty fun and all the people on the beach were like in awe of of what was going on it was pretty fun and that was um that was a real good testimony of of what you know can what what i can get done get done get done but i think i have to tell one story and 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 it's again it's a marshal service um story (laughs) but i was uh we were on a on a what they would basically call they're they're doing a roundup they're they're 
in one day trying to get a whole bunch of bad guys, you know. Right. And so we went to get this this one guy, and um, he uh, came out, and here he is surrounded by, and we had several agencies on that, uh, task force people and ATF people. Um, uh, and uh, everybody was surrounding him. There was probably 10 agents around him with long guns. So, you know, and he is uh, in handcuffed and surrounded by all these guys. And he's got his fist and he's showing his fist to me and he's threatening me. He says, I'm going to, you take my picture one more time and I'm going to knock your, I'm going to get you good. And spontaneously, all of us just burst out laughing. It's like, (laughs) have you looked around recently (laughs) at where you you are? Do you have a clue? (laughs) That's not very likely. I feel, I feel pretty safe. (laughs) (laughs) And you're not. (laughs) And you're not. What was your least favorite? That's where I come in. There it is. There it is. You got it. Now we can talk about Rich. (laughs) You know, my least favorite is always because I'm ready, ready, ready. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. The action. And uh, any of my mentors know that I'm I'm always like, come on, let's get to that fire. Come on, let's get to that call. Come on, come on, come on. We're missing our shot. Bug them. So it's the situations where we miss somebody. Yeah. And that's not very often, but um, where we miss somebody or I get there after a really big fire or so those are my disappointing moments. But I just got to know that that wasn't my time. Have you ever photographed a rodeo? Oh, yes. Before I became a public safety and even after um, I used to follow the rodeo up in Montana and do a lot of again, I'd be in the arena a lot of times I'd be in the chutes when they were loading and I have gotten uh, hit by a fence that was kicked by a bull and it shoved my camera into my head and and cracked open above my eyebrow. I mean, yeah, I definitely get myself into these situations situations for sure, but I love I love rodeo and cowboy and um, I have a horse up in Montana and that's my happy place. Uh, so I, I do a lot of rodeo up there. Have you ever done the military? I have definitely done the military, um, mostly out at DM, uh, Davis Monthan and uh, with the security forces out there. Uh, and the, I've done a lot for the fire department out there. They have an installation. One of my specialties is to convert the images into wall art. And so they've got, uh, they are one of my... Um, so you know Todd. Well, I'm sorry? Todd. Yes. Yeah. Canale. He's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Chief Canale. Yeah. He's just he's, a great guy. So I've done, I've done a bunch of work for him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's an amazing guy. He is an amazing guy. I like working with him a lot. And I, I've done a lot with the, um, the airport, Tucson Airport Authority mm-hmm. and been out on the, the runway photographing um, a, a flyover um, with all the firefighters and that kind of thing, and and uh, on an on a seven forty seven that kind of thing when they're doing it. So, which I call my million dollar shot. It cost them a million dollars to do the shot, but they included they made it training, and that's sometimes what happens a lot is they'll do a a training, and I'll be able to get pictures during that, and they can also mark it on the books as a training and it goes into the training budget so so what's your next assignment um my next i'm currently working with a couple of departments um i'm finishing up with gilbert police department uh, actually gilbert 
police and fire uh, to do an installation for their uh, training center up there. I'm working on that. And um, the, the comm center here in Tucson, we're working on that to include all the agencies that the communication center services. So, you know, I, I'm probably the only one in the world that has that collection of images of all the agencies that they service. So um, putting that up on the walls, that kind of thing. Um, so I'm in the middle of about eight big projects. So how does somebody hire you? They call yeah. me on the phone and say, I want my we've picture got some taken. money and we know. <laughs> Sometimes it doesn't even take that. Um, yeah, really, uh, it's just a matter of reaching out and talking about a project. And um, and then I try and fulfill their vision and their dream of what they want to do it and then try and help them through that process. So how do people see your work? Because it's pretty extensive. Yes. So my website is jimbaphoto.com okay we'll get to spell, spell that, for that out <laughs> <laughs> so that's z as in zebra i'll say this like i do every day of my life z as in zebra i e m b a photo p h o t o dot com zimba yep jemba <laughs> she's, no. she's working on it Rich. i'm working i'm give working her, on give it. her a chance <laughs> So if you put Ronnie Z, which I did, it also pops up. It doesn't. <laughs> which is R O N I for everybody. Yeah, so R O N I. That's right. Z Zimba. I'm going to try that right now. That's Give me right. a second. Yeah. Z I E M B A B A. Photo P H O T O. And if you, yeah, and I've never really had a great appreciation for photography, photography, but I got on there and I was like, O M G, <laughs> you really capture it. And I can do without the surgery thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Switch but, that channel. But the rest of them are just like totally amazing. Yeah. I, I you, love what I do. I think that comes through. I love the people that I work with. I want to promote the agencies. I want to pr promote these specialties, these people that are doing. It's all sort of high risk. Right now I'm doing a project with Trico Electric and, you know, getting to go up in the basket, the, the bucket mm -hmm. the and cherry uh, watch them climbing these towers and perform these things with electricity all around them. I mean, it's like that is for me. I love railroad and mining. I've done some mining in um, mining photography in Montana. All of those sort of very gritty, high risk um, industries. Think, that's what I love. Things that people don't know the inside story about. That's right, because they can't get close enough. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So that's that's pretty incredible. I have the opportunity, and I'm so eternally grateful. So that keeps you busy too. It does. I want to remind everybody the Roadhouse Cinema on Grant Road on the 5th of January. They're going to do a presentation of Wake Up at 5.30. And they're going to have a Q&A panel discussing it afterwards. And this is about combating human trafficking with vulnerable youth. And I think everybody, everybody needs to know what's going on. So if you have the opportunity, please go there. Get your questions answered. It's it's going to be worth worth the trip, and thank you to the DEA for doing what Absolutely. you did. Absolutely, that was remarkable. Over a billion pills. Wow. I hope those people go away for life. And if you've got an issue with with um, 
been addicted to drugs or know somebody who is, get help. Get help. It's not worth it. That one tiny little pill can kill you, and it's just not worth it. So, Rich? Well, I'll just do a promo for the next two shows because we're we're not live for the next two weeks. We'll be back live on January the 8th. So next Saturday, Christmas morning and New Year's or New Year's Day morning, we will replay the uh, interviews of Dick Tracy, the real life Dick Tracy parts one and two. Yay. Parts one and two. And it's, it's pretty remarkable. You need to tune in. Until then, shop local, buy me a present. Stay safe. <laughs> Merry Christmas. Thank you, Sherry. Merry Christmas. Thank you, Rich. <laughs> Law Matters' next two shows are pre-recorded parts one and two of the Dick Tracy story. Our next live show is January 8th with IRS Special Agent Brian Watson. Please support the Law Matters 1030 Challenge found on our website, lawmatters1030.org. Your generosity truly makes a difference. All of us at Law Matters wish you and your family a Merry Christmas and a safe and happy New Year's. Law Matters podcast can be found on iTunes, Google Play, and lawmatters1030.org.